is Agent M, Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group. We have a very special episode of This Week in Marvel's interview podcast for you this week, but first let me introduce my co-hosts. Janine Schaefer, X-Men Editor. And I'm Nick Lowe, Senior Editor of the X-Men Books, and we are here joined by two people that Janine and I are totally geeking out on. (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch, star of Sherlock and The Hobbit and Star Trek. We don't know what he's playing. He wouldn't tell us. And uh, we're also joined by Stephen Moffat, who is the lead writer on Doctor Who and the co-creator and writer of Sherlock, as well as uh, my favorite show ever, Coupling. But they are very gracious enough to join us here today. So thank you guys for coming. Pleasure. Nice. Absolutely. You guys have been on a whirlwind tour for Sherlock. And uh, you guys are doing a big screening here in the city, is that right? We are, tomorrow night, yes. That's yeah. right. That's I heard that there were thousands who were trying to get in, but you guys had to cut them off. How does that feel? You know, we're delighted to cut off our fans. <laughs> no, it was it's very flattering. Uh, was it was it 10,000 or something? Yeah, there was a lot, uh, an awful lot of response. People wanted to come and see it, so that was that's absolutely brilliant. It's, yeah. it's the way we like it, but at the same time, we don't want to disappoint anyone, so we, next time we'll try and find a bigger venue. Maybe Central Park. There you go. Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do the stadium tour, don't you? I think we should we only play stadium. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And uh, we were talking earlier about how this is now your second time doing the whirlwind tour of the premiere because it's premiering here six months after it was premiering there. And what's the different reactions from different fans around the world? We've only started to get to know what the American reaction is going to be because it hasn't gone out yet. But I mean, there seems to be a tremendous enthusiasm for it here. The I think it's true to say, isn't it, Benedict? The second series in Britain was much bigger than the first. The first was huge. The second was a monster. It was. It seemed to be the only subject of conversation in Britain. (laughs) We're hoping that we're still a grower here too. It's been difficult to go on the internet, I will say, because we can't. (laughs) Trying to avoid spoilers. Trying to avoid spoilers Mm -hmm. has been incredibly hard. That's the one shame about the distance between it broadcasting Mm -hmm. in England and here. You know, it is a modern age, and people can find out what happens. But I beg fans not to if they want Mm -hmm. to really enjoy it as it's unfolding on television. And so we had a water cooler moment in England. We managed to keep our cards close enough to our chest for it to actually be an event. And people talked about it. And as Stephen was saying, it became a national obsession when the public came out to figure out what had gone on. Yeah. And that's what I'll say about it for those who don't want to spoil it. <laughs> you know, it's great. I think the fan base that I've experienced anyway is very similar. They're sharp, individual, great taste. <laughs> Just the perfect kind of people. But no, but Good seriously, they're, yeah, yeah. they're very enthused and intelligent bunch. And they've taken this to their hearts and, and, and it's really for them that we're doing this promotion to bring it to a wider audience beyond our core kind of cult fan base here because they deserve that they deserve their show to have the same kind of mm-hmm. splash and success as some other imports so it's a very female audience too which is, I think is I can't, I can't imagine uh, which I think why. is largely because of Martin Freeman yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just so handsome she's a bit of a sartorial guy I think for the young he probably works out a lot before we go on I just want to make sure that fans in the US who are listening can watch Sherlock on PBS and Masterpiece and that premiere is probably it will have already premiered by the time this episode goes up shame but catch it for catch it out of the Baskervilles and the finale Rankin by Fools but yeah we start on the 6th this Sunday as we're speaking but maybe that's yeah maybe that's after the fact for you guys but do watch it do have watched it. <laughs> do have watched so it. It's like you retroactive. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Please do have watched it. And uh, we believe in Sherlock Holmes. That's all I've got to say. About that. 
Now, one thing at Marvel that is, is always conscious in our mind is that we're telling stories that millions of fans love the characters, and it's something we deal with. How intimidating is that with a character like Sherlock Holmes who has fans everywhere? Like, does that make the job extra difficult for you, or...? In a way, it's a gift, and in a way, it's a curse, because you have to meet with expectation. But, you know, I'll let Stephen talk about the origination of, of adapting it in the way we have done, because both him and Mark come from exactly the backgrounds that you do as fanboys to mm-hmm. create something special and evolve something, but being true to the original. And uh, as an actor, being somewhere up in the high 70s, as far as the number of people who have played it before me, I think I'm 76 or something like that. You just have to kind of ignore all of that. There's a yeah. wave of things which will be recognisable about him if it's done well enough, which, of course, with Stephen and Mark at the helmet and Sue, it, it, it is. And that was a given and, and gave me confidence to step into some very big shoes because we've got a bit of a blank canvas. It's a modern interpretation, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the core values of someone who's incredibly smart, very um, intolerant of stupidity and mediocrity, who's very funny and heroic in um, a sometimes morally questionable way, but deep down, you know, his biggest flaw is probably the fact that he is more human than he dares admit. And that's a great secret, sort of, not secret, very known um, number of ingredients to play with when putting a character together. So for me, it was a bit of a gift, especially with Stephen and Mark tailoring it for the 21st century. That's really cool. And Stephen, was it pretty intimidating to dive into the subject matter? No, it was just uh, it was just fun. I mean, uh, Mark and I are massive Sherlock Holmes geeks, and not just of the original stories, but we venerate them above all. Of just about every version of Sherlock Holmes, we know that every time there's a Sherlock Holmes movie on to this day, we text each other. There's a channel going to watch it now. I mean, we're so excited when we got our own door that said two two one B. Two one B, and then photograph sitting in the chair. So uh, no, I mean, why be intimidated? Really, yeah. why waste time? You don't get opportunity like this very often. What we didn't expect, we thought, we all thought, uh, that we'd have a snob hit. We knew it was good. We knew it wasn't a bad show. We looking at it, it is good. But we didn't think it would be massive. We thought mm-hmm. we'd get like, an audience of four million and uh, some nice reviews and an award from an obscure festival in Poland or something like that. We didn't expect an instant massive yeah. uh, ridiculous rock star status. I, I didn't mean to refer to myself. And if they do, we'll edit Martin it out. And yeah, we'll just... <laughs> it's so interesting you say that even just trying not to let it intimidate you too much because that's something when we talk to our writers a lot of the times like the writers and artists who let the characters intimidate them often aren't the ones who find the most success in the in the books they're doing so yeah or try or try to please every fan of every incarnation Mm -hmm. of that character you just can't do well, it. I always say to, I mean, particularly, I, I suppose more often I said it on Doctor Who in a way, but uh, because there's a bigger writing, a writing group, but I'm always saying you've got to treat it like your own mate. Like, you can't revere it, you can't carry it like a mm-hmm. precious vase. Treat it yeah. like your own mate, abuse it like your own mate, because uh, you have to tell the story. There's a tremendous precedent, I think, with Sherlock Holmes that the versions of Sherlock Holmes that have worked have been the people that said, we're going to do our version, we're going to take our spin on it. You know, the, the starting point of Mark and Harris is when we admitted to each other that of the Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce films, we actually prefer the updated ones. Oh. So there's two Victorian ones, which are nominally Victorian, that people say Ruritania, which are sort of sombre and grand and sort of big, fine A pictures. And then there's the B movies set in the 1940s. It's so much more fun. That's cool. Well, yeah. because when he wrote them, they weren't old. They well, weren't they were stuffy. They weren't <laughs> using old, tiny stuff. They were... One of the odd things about the he was a modern man. He was a modern man. And he was young. young. 
and I think that's something that you know people think has sort of been stuck on to us as, as a way of refreshing the whole sort of franchise of him. But it, it's not, you know, he was at the forefront of uh, criminal science and obviously experimenting and using London in a very brilliant and novel way and, and bypassing all the kind of polaxing bureaucracy and you know the mire that you get into if you just try and get anything done in London, let alone driving or any kind of transport he just knew his way around that city in a very modern way I guess and we've kind of added you know modern media to that to speed things up even more so there is a challenge I suppose he has to think as fast as machines they definitely think faster than other times but it's still about a man who sews together an extraordinarily difficult tapestry and an unfathomable speed can equate the smallest detail of observation and weave it into a narrative which is a great thing for story writers it's a great thing for, for a hero character to do go through a lot of plot <laughs> that is really cool yeah the plots I mean putting those things together because you I mean you're taking a lot from the original stories but you're also adding your own very few of the original stories are anything like long enough to be 90 minutes yeah. the one that is is uh, Hound of the Basketballs which Mark adapted but that was as he said it was the <laughs> it was intractable. It was such a difficult thing oh. to adapt because when you, when you actually boil that one down, it makes absolutely no sense. How <laughs> was Stapleton going to get away with that? <laughs> but it was a long time trying to crack that one. But I don't know. It's actually, I'm not sure that Sherlock Holmes has ever been about the plot. I don't think it's ever been about the mysteries. They're complete cheats as mysteries. Like Sherlock Holmes always withholds evidence from. Right, and then at the end, uh, he, he has a big. Yeah. He just Doyle explains. Was interested. He, wa- he wanted the story of a clever hero who did cool stuff. It's just moments of charisma for our two heroes rather than deconstructing a puzzle. It's as much about as all good drama should be character based relationships, you know, and that's at the core of it. You know, it's this extraordinary friendship between two unlikely Mm. partners in crime, so to speak. And that's the main ingredient, especially of ours, that keeps people intrigued and coming back for more Mm. between Holmes and Watson, which is just a joy to play. It really is. I think because we modernised it, that became the centre of it. Yeah. Uh, Because once you take away all the slightly irrelevant detail of the Victorian, which was just incidental anyway. You can see the characters clearly again. You are seeing it's somewhere between a flat show sitcom and a detective story. You can actually see it more clearly. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, so I saw the two pilots, Study in Pink and the unaired yeah. pilot. They definitely had different flavors. Was mm-hmm. that a flavor that you were... It was just kind of you and, and Martin and you guys kind mm-hmm. of working out how your characters well, we would interact with each other? Very little to do with it. No, but Sue should really answer that question. I'll ask mm-hmm. our producer if we can introduce her to the proceedings. Yeah. Do you want to come and talk to the mic? So, Sue Virtue, so, yeah. who's, who's Stephen Moffat's wife and a brilliant producer. Mm-hmm. But the pilot wasn't made as a pilot, it was made as the first one of a series, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was only after it made the pilot that the BBC then said, let's make it into a 90 minute version. Which then gave us the opportunity to look at it more carefully. And in fact, we put it into research, mm-hmm. didn't we, for certain things? Um, was it sort of at the time something to do with Wallander and Zen? I mean, this is a bit boring. Yeah, for, uh, Wallander, <laughs> I didn't have I doubt it. Over here, but there was, there was a series that had gone out very well, 390s. Yeah. 390s, and Wallander was the first that actually it worked really well for them. Yeah, and they wanted to make it into like more kind of spectacular, you know, special yeah. TV, in which you can do in a 90 minute thing. Okay. But it was handy, I think. The, sorry, I think the research bit was handy for a few things, wasn't it? Yeah, Suddenly yeah, people said, oh, Lestrade looks a bit stupid. Which you don't mean. I mean, yeah. By which means he behaves stupidly. He looks just so intelligent. We got rid of an annoying step in the, in the set, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Falling over it. We had a sunken sort of middle area to the flat, which 
is an anomaly in most builds. I'd learn a Victorian flat on Bakersfield. <laughs> why is there this? There'd be some weird form of subsidence between you know Victorian time and now. But no, it, yeah. So it, certain things were ironed over. We we had a bit of a remodelling of his look as well. He was a little bit more kind of rock and roll youth casual, and it it didn't quite ring true. I mean, Holmes fantastic costumes. I'm not Holmes. What was his name? Christ, Doctor Who's was or is I can't remember yeah, Doctor Who's chief costume designer did that for a while, while. and. Uh, I think Matt nicked my boots from the pilot, actually. There's a little crack <laughs> for you. Know, he's got the same lace-up boots as I have in the pilot. But I had Fangirl's heads like everywhere just exploded. Yeah. They just <laughs> no, exploded. Not, all, not that I'm wearing braces in any kind of honour of his wearing. <laughs> for American listeners, that means suspenders. Oh, yes, it does mean suspenders. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Stop thinking about yeah. tight, yeah. long legs. Yeah. And our wonderful costume designer decided to try and change it, to shift it into something that's very smart, perfunctory, but that cut a very modern and instantly recognisable iconic silhouette because we couldn't go with a pipe and a deer stalker. Yeah. We couldn't go with cape. We, you know, we needed something that was very modern but still quite distinctive and somehow almost a costume, if not an armour. And, you know, it's, it's something that you know, Martins Watson definitely picks up when he sees the posturing. But I think you've got to give me a go back at him in the next one. He's getting mm. more and more mod for a doctor. And more and more <laughs> like, Come on. I don't know any doctor that's as natty yeah. in his threat as Martin Freeman is. This time I had a little pop back. Yeah. I, is what, I, is I, Watson I, dressing I himself up in this? Too many times yeah. as, as Sherlock, and, and he has a go at me for it. It's yeah. a very funny moment. I just think because he is so much the glamour of the show. This is true. You like the brainy explainer. I know, I know. And you got your purple shirt. I got my yeah, the sexy purple shirt. One thing is, in Marvel.com, we've been asked to bring some stuff back to Marvel, and so we are not affiliated at all with Marvel Studios. Us as editorial, but. <laughs> really important to say. We are not. So we I are hope you're not asking to cast anyone. That's not the question you're going for. I was going to bring up like this. <laughs> uh, so, we, we, so Janine and I thought of some vehicles of possible things you guys could work on. I don't on. know that Janine had anything to do with this. <laughs> I just like to put that uh, out there. I don't know if you've you ever heard of this brute force, Stephen, like where they put agent. animals <laughs> yeah, it does. Animals in robot suits. I'm not oh, sure okay. if you're interested, but give me a call <laughs> if you are. Okay. The animal kingdom joins the fight to save planet Earth. <laughs> Becoming humans with arms yeah. and guns. Yeah. Yeah. The Otter Man. <laughs> <laughs> who thought that, who thought that dolphins could be so aggressive? <laughs> yeah, I could be Otter Man. Otter Boy. Let me stress that that is not where Marvel is at this point in time. We've sort of moved away from the brute force model of storytelling. I can't imagine why. We love it. I'm glad about that because I don't know how... If you're a sheep man. How Kangaroo Kid could really fend his way through a modern battlefield, but I'd love to watch it. Falk and Hawk, and that's quite cool. I have to make sure this gets on digital comics. But yeah. that, that, that is not happening with a plane. Yeah, yeah. It's got birds don't have missiles, Stephen. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. Well, Frankly, that would be good. Although apparently the US defense budget cuts means that they are. But they also gave, I think they gave a bear a tank. So that's another thing. Like bears. giving a bird a plane is like giving someone a wheelchair. What, what part of that you're not very fit is ever going to be going right? That would be a yeah. very dangerous world to be a part of. Uh, I think the ego is the least of our worries. Look yeah. at the kangaroo for Christ's sake! <laughs> and then he's just basically like, <laughs> <it's too> <laughs> yeah, just every time he tries to step on the ground, he yeah. just leaps twenty foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I've jumped over him again. And we got a character that's near and dear to Ryan that Benedict. I was thinking that since you've done some motion capture stuff as well, this is Modoc, who's basically a, a big head with arms and legs attached yeah. to it. I, I, what I'm trying to say, I've got. 
I'd often be likened to Modoc. There you go. He looks like a kid with my own proportions. <laughs> Poor man. The dark rain of Murdoch. Rain delay, that is yeah. Rupert. Yeah. I don't think he's and it's, to run an international company, that's what I think. And Ryan, please tell him what the acronym is for Modoc so there. Comes out Mental organism designed only for killing. Okay. Yeah, mental organism designed only for killing. Wow. You've missed off the F. <laughs> it's implied. It's implied. <laughs> this is a, that's a very geek alternate reality, isn't it? Where we do not need our bodies anymore. We can just yeah. be our brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but uh, happy days. Sherlock would probably love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That makes me laugh. That's brilliant. But yeah, any, you have anything else you want to ask? Mm-hmm. Well, we just want to thank you guys so much for coming so out. Sherlock premieres this Sunday, May 6th. On uh, PBS. On PBS Masterpiece. Masterpiece, yeah. And if you guys don't catch it on May 6th, you can check it out at pbs.org slash masterpiece. And um, I'm sure there's going to be tons more content. Is there a Twitter? Stephen, you're very vocal on Twitter, are you not? Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, so I like how Sue laughs at that one immediately. When I want the BBC comm department to convulse, if I want to distract them, <laughs> and just type away. And I'm going, no, what's <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't Twitter, and I'd like that to be known to as many people who are pretending to be me twittering as possible. Mm-hmm. You're all out, it. you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw there was a fun Sherlock Twitter feed. I don't know if that's official, but it's, it, it is official. Sherlockology? Uh, it's that's an official no, fan site. Sherlockology is a but fan site. That's a fan site. It's started by fans that we But if you guys want to join the conversation about Sherlock, use the hashtag SherlockPDS on Twitter. And there's a lot of action going on right now. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much. Super fun. Thank you. This is Marvel, your universe.